Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. everybody this week's episode of the fade route with dnz imz and we got a great show for you live from casa squirrel once again chet holmgren hurts his foot fernando tatis jr says he's sorry and we order up the nfc east but we begin today with the brawls the brouhaha's the melees in joint practices there have been 23 joint practices this preseason in the NFL, and it's been, you know, it, it's been a scene, man. The Panthers and Patriots have gotten into a scuffle. The Carl Lawson got into a, a scuffle with his own teammate on the Jets. So, like, that's <laughs> well done. The Cowboys and the Broncos. You had, you know, that's they just keep going down the list all the way back to the Hall of Fame game with the Jags and the Raiders. But this one, this past week, was the most egregious in my opinion because it it had a little bit of violence. We'll just say it right now, just a little bit of violence. Aaron Donald is seen on video on social media. It's making the rounds. It's viral at this point. And you see Mr. Donald swinging his hel- swinging a helmet, not his helmet. His helmet's still on, but he's swinging a Bengals player's helmet like an axe up over his head, chopping down onto somebody else. And it immediately calls to mind the Miles Garrett scenario. They got Miles Garrett suspended for the rest of the regular season, six games, and. You know, it really had pundits calling into mind whether or not he should be suspended for longer than that. But he only got six games. Here's the kicker. The NFL has no jurisdiction over joint practices. What? So, if there is an incident like this, it is up to the teams, the individual teams, to discipline its players. You really think that the Rams are going to punish Aaron Donald beyond a fine? Especially since you have the Buffalo Bills coming up, you have opening week coming up. You're you're not paying attention if that's what you think. But how is it even possible that incidents in practice are governed by the individual team and not by the NFL disciplinary committee? I, I don't understand that. Are they NFL players? Isn't it an NFL sanctioned event? Then NFL players should be <laughs> should be governed by the NFL disciplinary committee. It just like there's a logic gap there and you know it's just very telling to me that uh, they got got in this recent labor negotiation, the NFLPA an excellent job in negotiating this little wrinkle 
we'll see. We still have some time. But clearly, clearly, these players are ready to be out of minicamp. Let, we're, let's just call it what it is. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes. Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to get to the joint practices in a minute, but how do I get the invite to Casa Squirrel? I mean, I'm missing out on some fun times here. I think everybody else is, too. Absolutely. you got to put your name in on the reservation list. you got to make sure you get it early because, they, you know, the seats are filling fast. So you just got to make sure you're on there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these joint practices just seem reckless. I mean, when you think about it, you're going to let a player like Mike Evans compete in a joint practice, but you're not going to let him compete and run routes in a game that's sanctioned by the NFL. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, joint practices are stupid, they're dangerous, and the NFL front offices really need to step in here and stop them from happening. Let's not forget that the two teams that had a fight were the two teams that were in the Super Bowl. This is the first time they've seen each other since the Super Bowl. Dream, dreams were shattered. There was, there's aggression that's still left over from their playing on the field. Like, come on. Like, that's just... It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't, think, I don't think anybody gets anything out of it. And almost every single one, there's a fight. No, absolutely. Because... Like Jeff Saturday was on ESPN today on NFL Live, and he made an excellent point that in the past, yes, you were concerned about, you know, having your padded practices, not give, not showing anything, not giving anything to the other team. But now these joint practices are where you're making your bones, especially as an undrafted player, as a, as a bubble player. You want to show your value to the coaching staff in a capacity that you can't necessarily show during padded practice at training camp and during walkthrough. So I understand where Jeff Saturday is coming from, but I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment. There's just no difference between you running... There's no difference between you running drills with a guy on your own team and a guy wearing a different color jersey. I'm sorry, there isn't. And to have a team travel to your destination, do the whole hotel thing, get off the bus, get dressed, and come out there, you're just asking for trouble. You're just asking for it. And this fight that happened got out of control. I mean, someone could have really got hurt. And at least, you know, when you have an NFL game, like you said, there are penalties for that. Aaron Donald would have got kicked out of the game. Mm-hmm. He would have got fined. And you mm-hmm. got suspended. The actions that he took yesterday, nothing was going to happen to him. So what's going to stop him from doing it again or doing it worse next time? He ripped off two helmets yesterday. Yeah. Like, he's a he's an incredible Hulk. He's a freak nature. He is incredibly strong. And unleashing him against a team that you just beat in the Super Bowl, just and the, you're not getting any money out of these practices. It's not like your p- people are paying to get in. There's nothing gained here. And I don't know if your advertisements go up that day. Maybe you have your best sponsors come that day. But it's, you're, just, you're just asking for someone to get hurt. Absolutely. And apparently this behavior is egged on by the coaching staff because 
new right tackle for the Bengals, Lyle Collins, was out on the field, got into it with Leonard Floyd, and then they let him go again, and then it happened again. So you had three different rounds of Collins versus Floyd, and then, like, gasoline on a fire, it started involving other members of the team until it engulfed both teams. So this becomes an incendiary flashpoint, and it can be completely uh, it can be avoided because these joint practices are in instead of the padded practices that used to be the norm in training camp. Now, because of the collectively bargained agreement, you have fewer padded practices, a lot more walkthroughs. So in order to get these reps in, you're scheduling these joint practices. But it seems to be way more trouble than it's worth. Now, granted, Robert Sala has said that there's a lot of benefit to it. because That you guy. See, <laughs> he, it, well, I understand his point of view. He's saying that you see a lot of things. Like once you're presented with another team, you can see where you still have opportunities for growth. You don't necessarily see that when you're playing, when you're going up against your own guys. But is the trouble really worth it at that point? I'm not taking anything Robert Sala has to say until he gets his ish together. So he can say whatever he wants. I I don't buy into it. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service quality products and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, these scheduled practices between other teams. And most of the football teams are closing up camp either this week or they some of them even closed up last week. But the NBA has been having summer league games and summer charity games all all summer long. Chet Holmgren, the second pick in the NBA draft, suffered a foot injury during one of the set games, which will force him to miss the upcoming regular season. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Little deal from the standpoint that you don't expect anything from the Oklahoma City Thunder anyway. Right? This isn't like John Morant hurting his foot, getting a left frank injury. This isn't like, you know, Zion Williamson getting a left frank injury. This isn't Devin Booker. This is the number two overall pick 
in the draft in a rebuilding situation, consider it a red shirt year. What I do consider a big deal is that this was in a pro-am game, right? So you had these guys rubbing elbows with prospective NBA players, players that once upon a time wanted to be in the NBA, players with aspirations of one day maybe being able to try out for the G League. But I have a major problem with that, and I'm surprised that they are allowed, right? With the money, the millions and millions of dollars at stake, I am surprised that they are allowed to play in such tournaments where your average Joe can take professional athletes on. And who's to say that, you know, they they don't accidentally on purpose submarine a guy going for a rebound like who's to say it doesn't happen now I mean you definitely have some talent out there because three players in a pro-am tournament beat three Nick players so (laughs) take what you will for that so a team of amateurs beat three Knicks say what you will for that but specifically the Chet Holmgren situation it's an indictment of where he is physically He's seven feet tall, 195 pounds. He was going up against LeBron. So he was trying to block a grown-ass man. LeBron is a grown-ass man. And Chet landed wrong on his foot, and that's how we got the lip spring injury. It's, you know, it's very telling. It is a sign that, you know, we are correct in our assumption and our assertion that it's 7-1 he needs to have at least 30 more pounds on his frame for him to be competitive at the next level but I am I am more at odds with the concept than the individual notion of Chet Holmgren well I disagree with you I think in one sense is that I do think it is a big deal. It was a big deal that Zion got hurt. It was a big deal that Zion missed most of last season. At least Zion did get to play his first year. We were able to get a taste of what he is. It looks like we're not going to be able to get a taste of what Chet Holmgren is until next season. The one benefit to this is that he's got to stay off his foot, so maybe he'll sit on the couch and eat a lot and gain some weight. Um, (laughs) What I would say, I think it's a big deal. I mean, we said this guy was thin. We said he was fragile. That's showing itself right away, right? He tried to stop LeBron James from going to the basket, and he hurt his foot. (laughs) You know, um, yeah, I I do worry about Chet. I mean, and I think the Oklahoma City Thunder have really put a lot into him. I mean, they're thinking that he's the next big thing. They're going to surround him with stars. We're off to a bad start. I mean, I think he gets hurt, you know, I think... You know, it just—it's really shooting the shooting their season down. I'm not saying they were going to win the NBA championship, but you got to at least think that they were going to be contenders for a playoff spot. I mean, you could have—they could have been in the tournament, sure, absolutely, they could be in the tournament. But there were no there are no great aspirations here. Like, I mean, Shagilgis Alexander—you had some, you know, you have some players, but you don't have you, you don't have a roster that will compete at a high level with the next level teams. You'll be able, where they 
and the Timberwolves dis- differentiate themselves now is that the, the Wolves made the necessary move to go out of that play-in tournament. I think Oklahoma City is still very much in that play-in tournament on the tail end, like nine and ten. I can so, agree with that. I can agree with that. They haven't. They haven't made their move yet. They're setting themselves up, but they haven't actually made the move yet. But this is also a good thing. Like I, I'm, I'm really, I really want to think of this positively for Chet Holmgren. It gives him a year. You get acclimated. You put some weight on. You learn. You learn the physical nature of the NBA because you played at Gonzaga. Like you know, you're not. You're not playing the best of competition. You will. This is a trial by fire. And Chet Holmgren will have no choice but to, but to get better. Because the other option is that he gets out. So, at least 30 pounds. If he wants to be... If he wants to be a player that's going to excel away from the basket, a la Kevin Durant, I can understand that too. But either way, you still need to deal with the pounding that's going to come from playing against actual grown yeah. adults. Right, like Zion. I mean, Zion's a big dude. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to hold that guy down. And like I said, you the only thing I would say is that if he could develop a finesse game like Dirk had. Dirk had a mm. finesse game. Like, he had the outside and the fadeaway jumper. Like, people had to respect that. And yeah, he got mixed up down low when sometimes against Duncan and and against, you know, different different centers. But for the most part, he stayed around the perimeter. Um, and you just you just got to hope that this kid can get better and that this isn't a re- reoccurring theme. You can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstars, located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. And sticking with injuries, the Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith tore his hamstring in practice yesterday right off the bone, creating a huge hole on the left side of the offensive line. Now, there are questions surrounding Zeke. There are questions surrounding CeeDee Lamb. And new issues now with the offensive line. Is Dallas in trouble? It sounds like the everybody else is starting to come around to where I've been for a little bit. Dallas is in trouble. Dallas, offensively, Dallas is in deep shit. Zeke is not what he used to be. Tony Pollard is clearly pushing him. 
you have C.D. Lamb. Gallup is not on the pup list right now, but he's not ready. Dalton Schultz is your number is your your tight end, but he's essentially your number two receiver. And your line, it's not Travis Frederick, it's not Zach Martin, it's not Doug Free. The only guy who's still there is Zach Martin. Lyle Collins is now in Cincinnati. You you're you're in major trouble offensively. And you're going to have to get, you know, this is where Kellen Moore is going to have to be Dust Wunderkin. He's going this is where he's going to have to be the creative guy that they claim that he is. You're going to have to design ways to get Zeke out in space or to get Tony Pollard out in space. You need to get time for them to actively rush the football because play action pass is going to shove is going to struggle. The run game is certainly going to struggle. Tyron Smith played 91% of offensive passes last year. In 2020, he played 100%. Right? In, in 2019, 2018, 99%. This is what you're replacing. This is what you need to replace. Now, do you have the necessary depth to withstand these injuries? I don't think so, because you have McGovern, McGovern is now going to play. He only started six games last year. I don't know if their offensive line is good enough. Will they rely on some cuts to kind of patch the holes? Most likely. Are they going to rely on the depth that they have? Yes, because they don't really have much of a choice right now. But the defense is going to have to carry this offense until it gets healthy. Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, they're going to have to be the guys. Because right now, they're just not healthy enough for Dak to do his thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not concerned, uh, mainly because of the division. It's a shit show. And I believe in Dan Quinn and the team's ability to play defense. Especially, they just added Anthony Barr. Like, they have Diggs as the corner They've got a good defensive unit and a really good defensive coach. I think Tony Pollard will overtake Zeke this year, and that's a good thing. He's averaging 5.5 yards per carry, but he's also like more of a receiver. And I think that is what's going to be the difference. He could Shane Vereen people to death, you know? And Elliot, I think he's I think he's going to be all right. I know everyone's on, like saying he's on the decline, but I mean pretty sure the dude had like a thousand yards and like 12 touchdowns last year like he's just a pounder now he's not elusive he's gonna he's running straight and he's gonna run you over and he's gonna do his little gobble gobble taunt you know <laughs> i always think back to when as far as cd lamb's concerned i always think back to when the steelers moved on from mike wallace and you know ab was gonna be like the number one guy and everyone's like can he be the number one guy you know, is he really capable of that? And and I don't think CD is AB, which is a good thing, right? But physically, I mean, on the field, like, I don't know if he could be that guy. Um, so I'm not worried about Dallas. I think Dak does well. I think the team does well. I got them winning double-digit games this year. Well, AB, CD, EFG, doesn't matter. So he did have 1,002 yards and 10 touchdowns last year. That was Zeke's, game. That was Zeke's uh, regular season. So, yeah, so you know, that's 
I mean, I mean, can we all can we be? Are you upset at that? I mean, not a lot of people get get a thousand yards and double digit touchdown. I mean, what more? What do, what do you want from him? You want him to have like a uh, what is it? A Todd Gurley type year? Where he scores over twenty touchdowns. Damian Tomlinson. I mean, that's just not going to happen all the time. But what if? What if he has like that Derrick Henry kind of emergence? You know, if you remember, the Derrick Henry was on the Titans and he was he was kind of feeling his way. He was doing good, and then all of a sudden, boom! He exploded and went for over two thousand yards and scored all these touchdowns. Like, is that in the cards for Zeke? I think it is. I think he could definitely do that. It could be an outlier. I mean. It's possible. Is it likely? No. Mostly because Dak Prescott is greater than Ryan Tannehill. And Kellen Moore wants to throw the ball. Allegedly. 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 But they want to throw the ball. I'm not convinced the Titans ever want to throw the ball. They do. Yeah, they do. I mean, Mike McCarthy wants to throw the ball. No, you're right. Absolutely, and this line, this is the offensive line currently: Tyler Smith, Connor McGovern, Tyler Biadzis. I'm totally butchering your name, Tyler. I'm sorry. That guy. Biadzis, whatever his name is. Zach Martin and Terrence Steele. It's a far cry from Lyle Collins, Travis Frederick. Sure, Doug sure, Free. but who are they playing? They're not playing anybody. They're playing the Giants. They're playing the Eagles. The only team that's got a decent defensive line in that division is is, is the uh, the commies. Not without Chase Young though. Chase Young did miss oh, the first four sweat, years. Sweat, sweat, sweat. Montez Sweat needs to be reckoned with, and 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 Riverboat Ron and your boy Jack Del Rio they scheme very well on defense. So oh. they come they come up with things that can hurt people. January sixth, Jack. <laughs> January sixth, Jack. That's great. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB, to Dutch Apple, to Campfire S'mores, and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Oh but God. listen, moving on to baseball, over the weekend, the Yankees retired Paul O'Neill's jersey. Ugh, whatever. Uh, at the retirement ceremony, Hal Steibrenner and Brian Cashman were booed. And as early as last week, the Yankee crowd was chanting for Darren Boone to be fired. Fire Boone. Fire Boone. The Yankees, they won four in a row. They're they're enjoying their series with the terrible A's right now. Do 
Yankee fans have a right to chant Fire Boone and Boo Cashman and Steinbrenner? I believe that you have the right as a fan to boo if your team is not doing well. It does come up as a little petulant from Yankee fans. You know, you had the best Define doing well because they're 10 games ahead of everybody. At a given point, they did have the best record in baseball, but the Dodgers have... The Dodgers have taken them to task on that. But at a given point, the Yankees were running away with the best record in baseball. And, you know, it now, it sounds like a little spilled milkish kind of thing. It sounds like, you know, it sounds very spoiled and entitled. Do the Yankees have every right to, Yankee fans have the right to boot? Yes, absolutely. They do have the right to boot. However, it is a little misguided that they are doing so. Fire Boone, eh, I'm not the biggest Aaron Boone fan, as you know. Like, this is... What is he really doing? You know? What is he really doing? He is the very definition of middle management. I don't believe he does a lot in terms of the X's and O's. I don't believe he does a lot in terms of managing you know, personalities. He's not doing what Joe Torre did. He's not doing what Joe Girardi did in that clubhouse. You know, he's just kind of like there, you know? He really is just kind of a placeholder while Brian Cashman runs the team from the GM's office. Now, Brian Cashman, you absolutely, absolutely have a legitimate gripe with him. And if you wanted him fired, you totally could be justified. Yes, they have won, right? They have won. He took over in 98 from Bob Watson. First place. Won the World Series. 99, won the World Series. 2000, won the World Series. 2001, lost the World Series in seven games. Okay, 2009, won a World Series. A lot of that was done a lot of that early success for Brian Cashman was with a team that he did not create, right? Bob Watson, Stick Michael, drafted Bernie Williams, traded for Paul O'Neill, drafted Andy Pettit, drafted Derek Jeter, brought in Jorge Posada, got Joe Girardi. A lot of those moves were, a lot of that team was already there for Brian Cashman. So when the wheels were kind of taken off and these players started to leave, he did not recover. And except for 2009, when they bought that World Series. But, you know, who doesn't buy a World Series nowadays? So I think it's legitimate that that Cashman can go. I'm fine with that. Boone can go. Steinbrenner is enabling all this. He can go. And as far as what, you know, Paul O'Neill, Paul O'Neill as a Yankee, I know that you're not, I know you're not big on retiring numbers, especially since, you know, the Yankees are running out of numbers. But Paul O'Neill was a very good Yankee. And I think he definitely deserves to have some sort of accolade. So, you know, I'm with him on that. And ultimately, it's fine. It's, it's, everything is Listen, I mean, I like Boone. I like how he manages the team and how he handles the media. I know you're not a 
as you said, you're not a big fan of him. My deal is, is he gets the job done. He does he does what he's told. It's fine. I'm not sure why people are booing Steinbrenner and Cashman. I don't know what they're booing them for. I know. The Yankees buy championships. They've been buying championships since 1998. The problem is, is that, like I always say, is you have other teams now that are buying championships. You mentioned the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the highest payroll. Surprise! They have the best record. <laughs> Second is the New York Mets. Second highest payroll. Guess what? They're the top of the National League East. Like, that's, that's what Major League Baseball is. It's just that now, in the year 2022, there are other teams spending as much money or more money than you are. Right? But mm-hmm. how could you get mad at these guys for being 10 games ahead in the East. They're in first place. They're going to make the playoffs. They had the best record for most of the season. They have arguably a top five player. Now, do I agree with some of the moves they've made, some of the players they've kept, some of the roster moves, their batting order? No, but they're, 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 they're winning games. Ask the Los Angeles Angels if they would like to be the New York Yankees. Or how about the Philadelphia Phillies, who have the fourth high-risk payroll, and they're not making shit. Or the San Diego Padres, who just traded (laughs) traded away all their talent and have talent on their team, and they're just trying to make a fucking wild card. All right? The only thing the Yankees should gripe about is that the Astros have bested the system. They're eighth in payroll... And they're the class of the American League. So if you're mad because Hal Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman aren't the, the, the guys from the Astros, you have a right to be mad. But last time I checked, they won this, the World Series in 2009. They went out and they got the best pitcher available at the time in Garrett Cole, allegedly. They got a guy right now that's probably going to win the MVP award or at least come in second in Aaron Judge. It's not much you can be mad at them for. You know what you got. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, you could be mad at him. You could be mad at Cashman and Hal for hanging on to Frazier and ruining his life. <laughs> They're going to start to do that to Andujar, that poor man. But don't get mad because they're 10 games ahead of the Rays and have one of the best records of baseball. Sorry. It does speak. It does seem a little spoiled and entitled on, and not all Yankee fans. But no, let's, it's let's all of them. No, it's fucking no, all no, of them. No, no, no man. No. Nah, dude. It's all of them. They all complain. They all think that they should be the best because they were spoiled for three years during the steroid era, when the whole fucking team was on steroids, <laughs> and they were spending all their money on the best players and robbing teams. That they think that's the way it goes. That's what all these Yankee fans are about. They don't understand that times have caught up to them. You got teams like Toronto spending money now. You got teams like the Phillies spending money now. Like it's not all gravy anymore. It's not like we're going to rob the poor teams, take their best players on expiring contracts, and then go into the playoffs with Jose Canseco and Cecil Fielder on our fucking bench. No, like that's not the case anymore. Like the Yankees are definitely not doing that, mostly because of 
the TV contract with Major League Baseball being so lucrative that teams can keep their own guys. Like, Seattle is close to inking, inking Crazy. J-Rod, right? Crazy. J-Rod. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy money. But they're doing it. I like what Seattle's doing. They're being smart about it. It's a, it's a heavy incentive contract. See, here's my thing. they're getting in on it early. Smart. In my opinion, they're getting on him too early. I think one more year. No, because he could blow up, and then you're not gonna be able to compete. You're not gonna be able to afford him. They're, right. they're trying he, to get it. Can, or he could flame out after signing this money, and now he's Jonathan Singleton. Jonathan Singleton <laughs> got all that money from the Astros yes. before yes. he even got to the pigs, yeah. bro. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That could happen. But they're like, well, Kalinic burned us. So hopefully right. this guy does it. Exactly. So they're hoping, they're hoping he's not Fernando Tatis. But like, <laughs> right. you gotta make, you know, like, that's the thing that the Yankees don't do anymore. Like the Yankees, like I mentioned, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, that they had a core of young players that came up through their system. And then you supplemented with guys around them, right? You had the aging Wade Boggs. You had, you brought in Mike Gallego for a little bit. Then you brought, you know, you had Don Mattingly there until Don Mattingly retired. And you, you traded for Tino Martinez. And you had the young core remain the same and you filled in around that young core. Like, yes, Daryl Strawberry was on the team. Daryl Strawberry was barely in the league. You know? Steve Howe. He was going around punching people in the face. He's going around punching people in the face. Yes. Like that's the, the Yankees supplemented around their young core. The Astros supplement around their young core. It's not it, it's not just about buying, right? Yes, you, you do buy, but your window is shorter that way. Well now. Well now yes. it is. Now it is, yeah. You need to be able to do both. If right, you can right. buy with a young core, you'll have greater Which longevity. is what the which is what the Astros are doing very well. It's yeah. what the Blue Jays are doing right now. And during the during that game, Paul O'Neill dead. The Blue, Blue Jays pitcher Alec Manoa hit Aaron Judge in the fifth inning. And it seemed to piss off Aaron Judge, which I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want to have Aaron Judge pissed off at me. But Garrett Cole was the only Yankee who came out to defend Aaron Judge and contest the hit by pitch. And it got people questioning the fortitude of the clubhouse, right? It got them questioning whether these guys were really together as a unit because only one guy came out to Aaron Judge's defense. And of all people, it's Garrett Cole. <laughs> so do you question the togetherness of this Yankee locker room? And who you got in a fight, Garrett Cole or Alec Manoa? Listen, man, I think it's been a long season. Uh, most people didn't. I, I think the problem was most people in the dugout didn't think much of the hit by pitch. It wasn't until Aaron showed his frustration that, you know, Cole was probably, you know, paying attention and kind of jumped the barrier and was, I don't know what he was thinking, but he's heading out, you know, onto the field. So, no, I, I think they have togetherness. I do think it's odd that more people didn't come to the defense of their MVP candidate, their supposed leader, their captain. But I'm not buying into it. You know, Cole was eager. He was, you know, he he didn't pass the Audi sign, though. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, 
I think he was just, you know, he was showing up for the cameras. But, man, in a fight, um, I'm taking Manoa, man. 6'6", 260. Don't try to scrap with that guy. I mean, Cole is 6'4", 220. Man, I don't know. Body the shit out of you, you know? Ah, in a fight, I'm going with Alec Manoa. Six 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 two eighty five. Yes, yeah. Cole is six four, but you know it's about attitude. And right, right. Like Garrett Cole seems he's very, he he's seems soft. very wishy washy. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna front. He's fucking soft. Like he's not. Like I'm, I'm not. I don't. To me, he's not a Yankee man, and I'm not a Yankee fan. But he ain't a Yankee. Like he ain't the. Andy Pettit, he ain't the AJ Burnett, he's not the, he's definitely not a CC Sabathia. Like, right? Like, CC comes out the dugout, well, that's turning heads, right? <laughs> Am I right? He is, he is. I C- just, I love that you're like, he's not a Yankee, he's not AJ Burnett. <laughs> like, if that's what, our, if that's the standard, if that's like the, if that's the, the litmus test, my God. I like it. Yo, AJ Burnett got a ring with the Yankees. I like AJ Burnett. I mean, and- yeah, he was some days but other days he was nasty he was filthy uh, when AJ Burnett got signed I said I turned to my mother and my sister and I said you got one good year out of him yeah the rest no that but one he didn't good have, year happened but he to be 09 but he didn't have to be like right he didn't have to be the guy like no. he could be the two or the three like they had they had their they had their their, their lead dog and that's the difference right if CC Sabathia comes out of the dugout it's a lot different than Garrett Cole Absolutely. Am I lying? No, not at all. Like, if it, Roger Clemens throws a bat at Piazza, that's different than Garrett Cole not going past the Audi sign. Sorry, it just is. I don't, I don't like any of these fucking guys, but I'm being honest about the situation. He doesn't carry any weight. He's not... He's a fanboy to me. Like, he's just... It just... He doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. And he clearly doesn't do it for anybody in the dugout because he got nobody following him out there. You know? You don't follow CC out there. CC gonna let everybody know about it in the dugout and in the clubhouse and yeah. the media. I don't think this is a situation like Yankee teams in the past where it was 25 guys, 25 different cabs at the game. I think there are there is togetherness there, but I think it's also just a different time. You know, I think. But I also that, think it was a different situation. Like it wasn't a big deal. Like he didn't hit. I don't think he hit him on purpose. I don't think he really meant to hit him. Like, it, it did not benefit the Blue Jays at all to hit him in that situation. No, he had a runner on, he had a, a base open. It didn't make sense. To, it, doesn't, it didn't make sense. But no one hit somebody in the fucking All-Star games. Does anybody remember that? Like, he's 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 not notoriously wild, but he gets wild sometimes. Like, he doesn't mean it. He's not doing it on purpose. You don't think Manoa wanted to strike Judge out? Come on, that's just ridiculous. No, absolutely. Alec Manoa was, you know, he is trying to, he's not trying to, to hit guys. He's not trying to put runners on base. He's not but Pedro he's a, Martinez, no. man. Like, no. He's not but, showing, like, I'm going to hit you in the head. But like, he did on. buzz the tower in the first inning. I think that's where Aaron Judge, I think that's where he gets a little froggy, was because he did come high and tight in the first inning. And then he comes in again and he hits him in well, the Well, dude, get off the plate. Like, I'm not going to let you hit a bomb off of me. I don't blame him. I mean, that's like, the one thing, you know, that's the one thing the Yankees never did to Manny Ramirez and Dave Ortiz. Oh, ne- my God. They, yeah. they stood on top of the plate and she's like, 
Okay. I used to feel so bad for Mike Mucina back in the day. Like, man, he'd just be hitting bombs off Mucina. <laughs> like, it's like making knuckle movie curve, speed. bam. Fucking change up on the outside, bam. I love, I love Manny. But That's listen, thing. listen. Make him move their feet. That's what you're supposed to do as a pitcher. Can you take the championship from DNZ this year? You can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link I in our Instagram bio, Fade Round Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Round every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. No, somebody not moving their feet too much is your boy, Fernando Tatis Jr. We talked about it last week. He tested positive for a banned substance. This past weekend, he sat in the Padres' dugout, and he issued an apology to fans, teammates, and the front office for his mistake. He seemed sincere while clinging to his story of how this was an accident. He vowed to write a better story moving forward. And he's going to get that shoulder fixed, which he should have got fixed in 2021. Uh, what are your thoughts on his apology? And where where he goes from here? I think his his apology was horseshit. <laughs> like plain and simple, you got caught. You know, you got busted. You came up with this half-assed nonsense with the ringworm that could be debunked with just typing in something in Google. But it's absolute horse shit. Now, what I also find horseshit is that like he's you know he's so apologetic and he's he's gonna have he's going to take the suspension but he's also gonna get shoulder surgery dude why do you need shoulder surgery can you tell us that one what'd you do this time all right it was two motorcycle accidents what happened this time what were you like a spelunking did you like free were you free climbing did you jump out of an airplane why the fuck do you need shoulder surgery now Imagine what that conversation was like. Oh yeah, AJ, I'm gonna also get my sh- shoulder surgery. What? By the by, by the way, I'm gonna need shoulder surgery again. So, huh? Excuse me. Excuse what me? was that? Yeah. Fuck! I should have I should have traded you for Soto. God damn it! But um, yeah, no. So the way I see it, he's a 340 million dollar question mark. Like I don't know what this guy is. I he has a lot, right? He has a lot of goodwill. To win back. Not only that, he needs to prove that he's legit. Because after one year, he got his money, and now, between injuries and PEDs, I don't know A, if I can trust him, and B, if he's any good to begin with. That's why the J Rod thing kind of freaks me out. You know? And like the ESPN, the worldwide leader, Major League Baseball, they were just so thirsty for a superstar that they wanted to they wanted this guy to be it like they wanted him to be the guy like they wanted Bryce Harper to be the guy like they wanted Mike Trout to be the guy the guy is Shohei Otani the guy is Aaron Judge it's not him it's not Fernando Tatis Jr. he has time to become the guy but we're starting from scratch again so all in all I wasn't impressed by the apology it's too little too late, and he has a lot, a lot of making up to do. 
Nah, you nailed it, right? You nailed it. It's like all these teams are trying to say, okay, this is our guy. We got to lock him in right now because we don't know where the market's going, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. Julio Rogers, that's why I like what the Mariners did. It's like, yeah, their contract could be anywhere between $150 million to $400 million. It's all incentive-based. So, dude, live up to what we think you're going to be, and you're going to get top dollar. Now, Mike Trout. Look at Mike Trout. They gave him all that money. They're not even stiff in the playoffs this year. He's not even the best player on the team anymore, right? Otani's gone next year. Moreno's going to sell the team. Disaster. Acuna, my team. We won without him, but we locked him in a few years ago, so we're good. We're good for the next couple of years. Like, we locked him in low, done. Albies, too. Oh, the whole team. We got got the third baseman, too. We're good. We locked up Riley, yeah. Listen, the front office for Atlanta Braves knows what they're doing. They locked up their best players for the next 10 years. Like, our window is the next 10 years. In the t- next 10 years, it's got to be, you got to get to at least three World Series. The only guy they haven't locked in is Dansby Swanson. But look at the kid who's coming behind him. I mean, we we don't need to lock him up if we can. You know, we got talent. So I don't blame the Padres for going in all, all in on this dude. I don't. Um, I'm going to take a different approach than you. I do feel like his, his apology was scripted. But I do think it's sincere. I do agree that he's full of shit. And that this wasn't a ringworm thing. This was something else. And he is burning the franchise. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I believe that he's going to write a better story moving forward. Everyone deserves second chances. And listen, he's he's got the genes. His father was a stud player. He's a good player. There are other good players on that team. His father was also a steroid cheat. We already he talked was. about it. He was, he was in the Mitchell Report. He was. He was part of Murderer's Row on the Cardinals, though. That team was deep. That team was deep. All right? Yeah. I think he's got talent. I wish him the best. I want it to work out. I want him to play well. I want them to complete to get, compete against the Dodgers. I want them to beat the Dodgers. But his attitude's got to change. Like... The fact that they could literally, I read this today, they could void his contract and take away his guaranteed money because he got hurt on a motorcycle. That's and they should. That's that motorcycle call. Yeah, but they should, but then you're just going to piss him off. Like, what's the point of doing that? Right. And, I think, and, and that's the Padres showing good faith. It's like, dude, we could take away all your money right now. We're not going to. Get your shit together. See, that's the thing. Like, you, you see it as a, as a positive. I see it as a negative. I want the Dodgers to drub the living shit out of this team. I don't like the Padres. I don't don't like like the Dodgers, dude. I don't like the Dodgers. I don't like teams that spend... I don't like teams that spend mad money and win. That's everybody! No, it's not everybody. It's the top four teams in the league right now. The Dodgers... Come on, dude. You... To me, I'm going to tell you right now. I think Betts is the best player in baseball. They went and got him for a ham sandwich. Then they go out and trade for the best player on my team, Freddie Freeman. Or not even trade for him. They signed him. They fucking went out and signed him. To me, Kershaw, yeah, he's on his way out. But they have pitching. They have hitting. They're in L.A. They have the highest payroll. I don't like those teams. I want those teams to go down and go down hard. 
The Mets are another one. The Mets don't have a lot to show for it, but their manager, Buck Showalter, might be the best manager in baseball this year. The stuff that he's done with that team, and I, you can go look and listen to our recordings from earlier in the season, and I was talking shit about him. I was wrong. That guy knows how to manage a team. He knows how to challenge a team. Because he, he's outcoached. He's outcoached the Atlanta Braves every year, every time they played him this year. Like he's just miles ahead of everybody in everything he does with his bullpen, with his starting rotation, and with his players. And then it's the Yankees, the team I've hated all my life. Like I don't like that team. I like when the Royals win. That's epic. I like when Tampa's in the World Series. That's awesome. Like I want teams that you don't expect to get there to get there and beat these powerhouses. I'm a Billy Bean guy. Adapt or die. Like, that's that's me, man. That's just what I look at it. And I look at this situation, and it's just like, you know, I, I, um, yeah, it's just, fu- it's frustrating. It's frustrating what he, it's frustrating what's happened to him. But I like San Diego to be successful. I want them to move forward. I want them to do well. Looking to break into broadcast media, web development, social media marketing, or filmmaking? Then CSB is the program for you. From day one, you'll be trained hands-on by industry pros like friend of the show Rob Adams, whose goal is to get you trained and get you working in months, not years. CSB offers 8 and 16 week programs in small class sizes designed to give you the personalized attention you need. If you can make it in person, there are five East Coast locations. If you can't, they offer virtual classes too. How great is that? And once you graduate, you become part of the alumni network that gets you to the front of the line. Trust me, I'm an alum myself. Go to GoCSB.com today, request more info, set up a studio tour, and who knows, you may very well be on your way to a career in broadcast media. That's GoCSB.com and tell them Z sent you. GoCSB. Dot com. Albert Pools is on a tear lately, man. And he's seven home runs away from 700. Do you think he will reach the feet before the end of the season? And do you give the cards a sporting chance in the playoffs? I mean, if we look at it right now, it's August 26th. He has over a month left. The Cardinals are in first place. They're 72 and 53. Like, he doesn't he doesn't have to play every day. Like that's the, the best thing. You know, he you have Goldschmidt, you have Arenado. Like, he, People aren't talking a lot. People are no. not talking enough about Goldschmidt's season. No, Goldschmidt is definitely an MVP candidate. You definitely You think he has yeah. a triple crown on his team. Oliver Marmol needs he needs some some serious consideration for manager of the year rookie manager you have 240 somethings on your team you have the rotting corpse of Yadier Molina and still like they're getting the job done if you look at it from now right they're they're playing the Braves this weekend all right the rest of the rest of the season Cincinnati Cubs Nats Pirates Brewers Reds Padres, Dodgers, Brewers, and then a six-game set. Six games against the Pirates to end the season. You're telling me you can't find seven, eight home runs in there? 
Like, I'm not betting against this man. Like, I really think that he'll be able to get it done. Not only can he get it done, this team is going to make the playoffs and they're going to make some noise. They're definitely going to be a tough out. And, you know, I'm not saying World Series, but they can definitely challenge the Mets. They can challenge the Dodgers because they've been there. They've done that. And they'll be able to they'll be able to put a scare into some teams. And Pujols, they, there, there is a cloud there. There's an absolute cloud there, but it it's still a, a good milestone. It's still a good feel-good moment, especially as he's, you know, you know, waiting to the end of his career, like as he's getting into the twilight. And all in all, like I think that it was the right story, the right time, and it's going to have a positive net result. Listen, seven home runs is a lot. You know, I don't, I, I, me personally, I don't think he makes it. Just kind of things like you mentioned, he doesn't really play every day. And it's hard. It's hard to hit home runs. You're talking about it in a month? You, you mean, you're, you're almost talking about he's got to hit between one and two a week? You know, people can pitch around him. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And I don't know if they're pitching around him anymore, to be honest, because he's not Albert Pujols anymore. You know, like yeah, I get what you're saying. I just, I don't know. I mean, now as far as the Cards' chances in the playoffs, I love it, especially if Flaherty comes back. They need Flaherty. Mm-hmm. They've they've been in first place the majority of the season without their best pitcher, and Adam Wainwright is what 40, 38, 39. Wainwright's 40. Wainwright's 40. And he's he's crushing it. They, to me, pose the biggest problem for the New York Mets. The New York Mets do not want to play the Cardinals. That could be a huge problem because those boys can hit. You're going to get Goldsmith, Arenado, and you're going to get Pools. And then if Flaherty's there, you get Flaherty, Wainwright. They just got to win one game in, in City Field. Yeah, that's it. They gotta win one game in City Field, and and I'm, you know what? You just, you just don't know. You don't know. So the Cardinals, they're a well-run organization, and they can take out anybody. They can even take out my Braves. I'm not gonna lie. No, the the Cardinals. If the Cardinals are in it, they can win it. You know, they have. They need Flaherty though. They need another pitcher. They need one more guy to come in and be lights out. For even if he just even if it just happens in the playoffs, they need a guy that's going to go seven innings, four hits, one run. And Jack Flaherty could definitely be that guy. Like Jordan Montgomery's being that that guy right now. I mean, he's really how good great. does he look right it's now? It's unbelievable right? how good Jordan Montgomery. He looks like Andy Pettit. The Yankees. Oh, don't tell, don't fucking say that. Fuck Here's that why. Guy. Yeah, well, fuck that me. guy. But, yeah. I'm sorry that he beat John Smoltz in that game. I'm sorry that he outdueled Mr. Smoltz, but he did, okay? I'm so, pretty sure he got jacked up like 12 to 1 in the first game, didn't he? He did. He didn't, did he pitch? No, he pitched in that game, right? No, I think it was Pettit. It I'm was Pettit. Sure right. It was Pettit. But in in the 2 to 1 pivotal game, yeah, like, that, was, it, that, that was it. Oh, no, it was 1 nothing. It was 1 nothing. It was 1 nothing. You're right. You're right. But. Jordan Montgomery has taken it to another level. Is it sustainable? I don't know. But like, he is he's doing a fantastic job right now. I'm not saying he's a number two, but he could, he can certainly 
get it done. You have Miles Michaelis. You have Dakota Hudson. You have guys who can pick up the slack. They've got they brought in Jose Quintana, who's doing great. So you definitely have some you, you have some depth. And the one thing about the cards is that the cards are always able to figure it out. And figure it out brought to you by Mike Westoff, the legendary special teams coach of the New York Jets. Check out his socials. You have Mike Westoff8052 and on Twitter at STC Coach Mike for all the insights and to find out where you can get, figure it out. But the cards are absolutely able to make that happen. And, you know, they're a dangerous out. They, they'll scare everybody in the National League and probably the American League too if they somehow make it to the World Series. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. time for the mail route on the fade route if you want to get featured hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com or slide in those dms at fade route podcast on ig or drop us a line on our twitter page at fade route dnz All right, guys and girls, we have a short email box today. But if you want to be featured on the show, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com. And your email might be featured on this here show. Email number one from Mike in Champaign, Illinois. Hey, guys, Northwestern is playing against Nebraska in Ireland this weekend. Why? Yeah, good question, Mike. I don't have an answer. Uh, this trip was likely pushed by rich Northwestern alumni who want to play on foreign soil. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I talked to a buddy of mine who's from Ireland. He's confused by why they're playing <laughs> there. And he's like, the people in Ireland have no interest in this. Most of the people going to the game are Americans. Whatever. I think Notre Dame has played three games there since 1996. I'm not sure what the connection is. Why Ireland? Why not Germany? Fuck, why not South Korea? I don't know. I mean, if you're looking at this, it points to money. The answer to all the answer to all your questions. What money are they trying to get, Z? Who? What are they trying to recruit people from Ireland to go to Northwestern? What what money are they looking for? Are you gonna it's, watch the game? I'm not gonna watch the game. Well, I'm I'm not gonna watch any of this crap. We're gonna go through the week. They're not zero even schedule. they're not even like a top twenty team. They're not even you don't need, you're not even getting top twenty five teams. 
This not has no bearing team. on anything. And they, this is where week zero falls apart because not one top 25 team is playing. And, you know, the money, it, it boils down to that sweet TV money. They're, uh, they're getting oh. Fox money. They're oh, it's going to be on Fox? It's going to be on Fox. Yep. It's going to be on Fox. So they're going to get their money. But yeah, you, there look you go. At, look at this schedule. I'm going to run down real quick and see if any of this interests you for the epic week zero. Austin P at Western Kentucky. Nebraska at Northwestern. Idaho State at UNLV. UConn at Utah State. Wyoming, Illinois. Duquesne. Duquesne is a football team? I didn't know that. Duquesne at Florida State. Charlotte, Florida Atlantic. Florida A&M at North Carolina. North Texas at UTEP. Nevada at New Mexico State. Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Absolutely nothing there intrigues me. It's absolutely ridiculous, but the only, I mean, if Notre Dame went to Ireland, like, okay, like that would like mean something like that would be something that would be intriguing. The fighting Irish go home to the motherland, so to speak. But like Nebraska and Northwestern have no connection whatsoever to Ireland. Have them play in the field of dreams. That'd be more interesting. There you go. There you, it gives you know it's a multi. It becomes a multi-purpose venue, you know. And I, I think you're absolutely right on that. I, I just don't get it. I don't see it. And it's not the rousing start that college football would want, but it's what they got. Good question, Mike. Thanks for emailing us. <laughs> Email number two comes from Dom in the Bronx. Hey guys, I have the number eight pick in fantasy football this year. Who? Should I pick? Oh, man. That's a tough one. This year's going to be interesting. Well, Dom, uh, I'd go wide receiver unless there's a Najee Harris or a Derrick Henry or a Dalvin Cook sitting out there. You know, you can't go wrong with Jamar Chase. You can't go wrong with Devontae Adams. You got to think there's going to be some upside there. Um. It's going to be a wild first round, I think. You can have a lot of different things. You can have tight ends going, running backs going, wide receivers going. You got to feel it out and ultimately uh, go with a player that you're going to enjoy rooting for during the fantasy season. That's fair. That is very fair. Well, it it depends on who you're valuing, right? Are you going to be a pass-heavy team or are you going to value the run like you traditionally do? when you're drafting for fantasy. Because number one and number two, I think, now we'll see if that actually occurs, flip a coin, either Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor. I think one of those two would be number one or two. There's going to be some jackass who takes Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley very high. So I, I don't know I don't, I don't know how savvy the other members of your league are, like, are they, are they going to be the guys who take Aaron Rodgers high because he's a quarterback and puts up a lot of points? Like, there's always going to be, like, that one misguided guy who reaches, right? So it's a, there's a possibility that you could end up at eight with a guy like Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, like Jamar Chase, Debo. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wiggle room between three and eight because you figure Cooper Cup is going to go. You're going to have Kamara, but Kamara has his legal issues. 
Chubb is going to get a lot of burn this year. So Chubb is probably going to get a high pick high. Stephon Diggs, Joe Mixon. There's a lot of players out there that could feasibly go in that three to eight range. So it depends on who you value. And if you have, I mean, if you have a guy like Najee Harris at eight, take him. He's going to get a lot of play. Like I would see, I would steer clear from McCaffrey. Like my, I think it's well documented my feelings on Christian McCaffrey. Saquon, another guy I wouldn't take that high. Dalvin Cook, another guy I wouldn't take that high. You know, so Chubb would be a good one. DeAndre Swift might be a steal. That might be a little bit of a reach, but if he's as good as advertised, DeAndre Swift might be a, a good choice. But all in all, just don't be that guy. Don't be that we're gonna guy. Have to, we're going to have to create a shirt on the fade route store. That guy. Don't be <laughs> Don't be who? That, that guy. guy. I'm that guy. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. Guys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of that poll gets the coveted-ass trophy and gets his or her name shouted out on this here podcast. And do you know who took home the ass last week, D? I don't. Fernando Tatis Jr. That guy. That guy. See, don't be that guy but that was last week this is this week who you got Dave? oh man first off i got garrett cole challenging manoa after he hit judge with a pitch sit down son before you get hurt garrett cole you are my alleged superstar of the week number two i got two guys z i got rams gm les snee and Bengals gm mike brown I got an idea. Let's have a training camp practice. With, let's have a training camp practice with the two teams that met each other in the Super Bowl. Not a preseason game, not a regular season game, but a training camp practice. What's the worst that can happen? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Aaron Donald tries to fight the entire Bengals team. Let's need. Mike Brown, you're my alleged superstars of the week. Number three, the Jets front office, recurring theme here. Second round pick in the 2020 draft, the Mims is requested for a trade. So let's get this straight, guys. In the 2020 draft, the number 11 overall pick got hurt because you moved him to a position that he's not familiar with. And the second round pick is now requesting for a trade. Hmm. 
I don't know, guys. I think you're getting this shit wrong. Well done, Jody. Jets front office, you're my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? All good choices. All good choices. I'm going to go with Fernando Tatis Jr. For <laughs> that a little guy. Back, for that guy. For a little back-to-back week appearance for your half-assed, lame-ass apology. And while we're at it, oh, by the way, I'm just going to go get shoulder surgery. So, like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to do that. Sur- that shoulder surgery you want me to get? I'm going to go get it now. <laughs> I'm going to take care of it now, you know. I'm, I'm going to do it now. But, Fernando, you know that the suspension doesn't start until after your back again. Fernando Tatis Jr., you are my alleged superstar. See of the you week. in 2024. <laughs> we'll see you soon. We'll see you when we see you. We'll, we'll see, see you when you see you. We'll see you down the road, brother. Aaron Donald for swinging helmets like Miles Garrett. Except this was in practice, not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. Aaron Donald, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Kevin Durant slash the Brooklyn Nets for deciding that we're just going to move forward after all of this bullshit of you're requesting a trade and then fielding offers and then not getting the trade that you wanted and we're just going to move forward. So you mean to tell me that you wasted the time of the other teams, you wasted the time of the media, you wasted the time of your fans with this high school Mickey Mouse drama just to move forward like nothing ever happened. A pox on both your houses. A plague on both your houses. Durant and the Nets. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And coming in late, the Buffalo Bills for cutting your punter, Matt Hack, and keeping the guy accused of rape, accused of, in a civil suit, Matt Ariza is accused of gang rape. You couldn't wait a week? Like, you couldn't, you, you couldn't just, you couldn't keep this guy? Like, you know, like, it's just a bad look, Buffalo. It is an absolutely horrible look. And it's all self-inflicted. Buffalo Bills, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we have said our piece, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the Twitter page and vote and vote and vote. And for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com Order up!
we continue on with our division by division preview as we order up. Order up, order up. This week, we order up the NFC East. Used to be the NFC Beast, now it's the NFC Least. But what's it going to be this year? From four to one, who you got, D? Yeah, unfortunately, D, for you, I've got the New York Giants. Um, I think four games into the season, Daniel Jones will be toast. Six games into the season, Saquon will be hurt. Uh, I think both players won't be back with the team next year. The only plus, plus side I see is I think they're with Martindale as the defensive coordinator. I think the defense plays well, and I think they create building blocks for next year. Number three, Washington. I think they finished third because of their quarterback play. I really do think this is a talented team. They have a solid defense. I do believe in Jack Del Rio and Riverboat Ron. Their wide receiver room is good with with Scary Terry. And their running back room is strong with um, with Booby Gibson. So I think Washington finishes three. Uh, number, th- number two, I have the Eagles. I think the defense is going to hurt them. Surprise, you know, not a lot of analysts say that. I think the defense hurts them. I don't think they're going to get explosive plays on offense. I think they control the ball well enough to win games. They have a stud wide receiver. They, Miles Sanders has to have more touchdowns than last year because he had zero last year. And Hurts is smart with the football. And then number one is Dallas. I, you know, you might think it's a silly, but yeah, I think I think they're the best team in the division. They're going to be good. I have them winning double-digit games. I think C.D. Lamb shines, not in a B way, but in a very good way. Pollard winds up taking the lead in the backfield, and the defense will close out games. Z, what do you got? It all makes sense. It's all very logical. But I don't believe in Carson Wentz, as you know. I just don't believe in Carson Wentz. And frankly, all of these teams in this division are thoroughly mediocre when you really look at them. And it wouldn't surprise me if... You really think the Dallas Cowboys are mediocre? Yes. Come on. Yes. They got a top 10 wide receiver. He's a top 10 wide receiver. Like all things Dallas Cowboy, he's overrated. Like all things Dallas Cowboy, C.D. Lamb is overrated. Dak Prescott's overrated. Trayvon Diggs is overrated. We'll see what happens when, you know, he's not surprising people. Micah Parsons, he might be the only stud there. Now, the most mediocre of this team is Washington. Because Carson Wentz will not make it through the season. I'm documented on that. Fourth place, pretty easy, too. Because once you get past... Terry McLaurin, Booby Gibson was playing special teams. So we'll see if he, you know, we'll see if he's back in Riverboat Ron's doghouse at some point, because that's a bad look for a guy who's supposed to be your star or number one running back is running special teams. That's not good. They do have a good start. They have a good front four. Linebacker is shaky. So we'll see. I like the Giants at number three. I think they will make they will make the switch eventually because Daniel Jones will not hack it. I don't know if it's Terod Taylor or if it's Jimmy Garoppolo. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, the Giants could move up higher, in my opinion. But he's not there. 
So we're going with what's available. I like what they've done. The offensive line is good. The defensive line is improving. They're, Graham Gano is there, solid. We'll see if he will stop hitting people and get, get himself concussed. I like what the Giants have done. I'm in no way like saying that they're going to be in first place. Third, fair enough. Like maybe a game difference from the, the Commanders. Second place, the Cowboys. I don't think they did enough. I don't think they have enough. Dak Prescott is overrated. I can go on and on and on, but I would just be beating a dead horse. Cowboys, second place. Number one by default is the Eagles, but I don't even trust them that much either. They're loaded, right? You have Miles Sanders, you have Boston Scott. Cool. Good one-two punch. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. Yeah, that's fine. Dallas Goddard, good. On the opposite side of the ball, you have Hassan Reddick you brought in, Darius Slay, you brought in ex-giant James Bradbury. You have a lot of talent on this team, and that's not even talking about the offensive line with Kelsey, Mailata, Lane Johnson. To me, it boils down to the quarterback. Like I don't know if Jalen Hurts is good enough to lead this team. Would it surprise me if at some point Gardner Minshew has to come in and clean up a little bit? It would not surprise me. It would also not surprise me if the Eagles win this division with a sub-double-digit record. It wouldn't surprise me at all if this if this was a 9-8 and eight division. But it's just the, the teams in this division just don't do anything for me. And as you know, one of the teams is my team. So you can't accuse me of being a homer. I think they all stink. Uh, this has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.